Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today our guest is Chris Reed. Thanks for being on the show, Chris. Pleasure to be here, Whitney. Yeah, I'm honored to have you on the show, Chris. I know we've had some great conversations and uh, just about your line of work and how you can help so many people in our industry. But a little about Chris. He's a software engineer from Brisbane, Australia, who built an online computer game. Like many online businesses, he struggled to get visitors to his website and people to play his game. He eventually put his analytical mind to work and developed a simple system for building a website that generates customers and grows online businesses, which all of us need, or most of the people that are listening to this, a lot of people that are uh, listening are trying to, you know, they're building their website or they're trying to build their brand and they're trying to connect with passive investors or maybe other people as well. But, uh, you know, there's there's different ways to do that and to be more efficient at it. And Chris is going to help us think through some of those things. So Chris, Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for your time. Give us a little more about your background and, and then let's jump into how we can improve this process of this system that we either have or don't have yet. Certainly. So yeah, I'm a software engineer by trade, worked in finance for many years until the global financial crisis came around and took my job away. Then I you know, pondered what the heck to do with my life. As, and as you mentioned, I built an online game just because I'm a computer geek and then thought, well, how the hell do you get people to play it? And that's when I started dabbling into the world of SEO and realized, holy cow, I'm sitting on a gold mine here. So I quickly ditched the game and started well, providing SEO services primarily for digital marketing companies. We specialized a lot in backlinks to start with, which backlinks are really just a link from one website to another. But that's the fundamentals of how Google's algorithm works. And it is still today. But then we uh, slowly started offering more services like content and analysis and implementation. And then we thought, well, why the heck don't we have our own customers? And so that's really where we've focused on the last bunch of years. SEO is really applicable to any business because, you know, like where does any person go when they're looking for a product or service? You go to Facebook, talk to your friends, you go to YouTube to you know, watch how-to videos. If you're looking for a service, you go to Google and you type in what you're looking for. So getting your message in front of those people that are actively searching for exactly what you do, you know, there's no better way to grow your business. People can have websites for years and years and, and it not be seen by their audience that they're striving for, right? Indeed. And that's the thing that breaks my heart. Like web designers are great at building beautiful websites, but beautiful websites don't sell things. It's words that sell things. And those words need to get in front of your audience. And one of our most recent customers, he just previously spent $20,000 on a website that generated zero leads. And it's like, breaks my heart seeing this sort of stuff. He's in a village near Vancouver too. So it's like, it's not like he's in a competitive market after competitive keywords. You don't have to spend a million bucks to like get a functional website that's going to generate you some leads. You know, sure, Agoda spends you know, $1.6 billion or whatever it is on marketing. You don't really want to go head to head with them straight away, but there's always some low hanging fruit that you can get in every market that can help you start earning money today that you can reinvest and build your brand and build your website, having your website pay for it all along the way. I'm glad you brought that up. Like We can spend thousands and thousands of dollars on someone to build a website for us, but that doesn't mean that people are going to find it. 
And you know, and you even said words sell, not websites. And so while it's important to have a professional website, if people don't get to it, they don't see it, it's useless, right? You know, help us to improve it. Help us to fix that or things to think about when we're putting stuff on our website or the wording on our website. You know, how do we even know what you're talking about right now if all this is like brand new to us? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, like it's nice to have a beautiful website, but that isn't really important. What is important that it comes over clear exactly what the hell you do. And the more complicated your business, like if you're a plumber, people understand what a plumber is. So it's pretty easy to like get that. If you do real estate investing, it can be a little bit trickier. So you, you need to be really clear in your message. When someone arrives on their website, you need to say straight away, what is it that you do? And one thing to think of is that people are often searching for the problem. They don't know that you're the solution to that problem or they'd already be using you. And so, you know, like the old adage, when people buy a drill, they're not looking for a drill, they're looking for a hole. It's the same thing. People are often searching for how to make a hole. And so you should state that clearly, then demonstrate that you're, you're the expert in that niche and you know how to build that hole or fix that problem and then invoke them to take action. That's the big part because that's the part that matters. It doesn't really matter how many people you get to your website. If they're not signing up becoming customers, then you're not going to stick around. Yeah, it's just like pretty much any investor. If there's any confusion or doubt, the answer is no, right? To a partnership or them investing with you. But I don't see why the website would be any different. It's got to be clear and precise. And you've helped me a little bit on mine. You know, just helped me think think about some of the wording that was even on my website. And it seems so simple when you start to think about it, right? But at first, it's terms that we're so familiar with. We don't maybe don't think about it right at first that it, everybody else it comes to the website, don't know what those things mean. 100%. Industry jargon is terrible. Like you really need to catch yourself with that because like, you know, experts in any industry pick this stuff up and they use it like everyone else uses it. Even one thing when I'm talking to clients, I have to remember that not everyone knows that there's 10 search results on the front page of Google. You know, I just live and breathe in this world. So it's just helpful to mention that. Most people don't know that if you're number 11, they're at the top of page two. So like the same sort of thing with every industry, you need to just be clear in your messaging and don't expect them to understand everything and know it. So being clear in our messaging, where does that apply on our website or is it just everywhere? Or, you know, how do we think through that when we're thinking of titles or thinking through what's on our pages on our website? Yeah. So the very first thing you should do before building a website, and this is where web designers screw up, is they don't do keyword research. So you really need to understand your market. You need to know how many people are searching in what volumes. And that's how you structure your website. Like if you think about Amazon, you know, Amazon's got an amazing website. Obviously, you know, they're the everything store, so they have everything. But from the keyword research, you can tell what your categories are going to be. And so, you know, it might be like movies slash music slash fashion. And then on the fashion, it's, you know, men's and women's and so on and so forth. And so that's how you're the slashes in a URL. Each one of those slashes means it's a further category deep. So like your high-level music category is just as important as your fashion category, but your men's fashion category is less important than your fashion category. And so that makes it really easy for users to see what they're going for. If you can read in a URL what a category is, a subcategory, and then what this target page is, it makes it really easily to be understood by the user and easily understood by Google. Google has the best software engineers on the planet and spend gazillions of dollars trying to work this stuff out. But the internet is really, really vast. And if you can help Google, then they will really appreciate it. And they'll, they'll show up by ranking your website. So we need to learn how to help Google, huh? Yeah, for sure. A tricky little thing, right, is the internet is so vast. And even with Google's massive computers, they can't look at the whole internet all the time. And so they have to come back to your website all the time to see when it changes, but they have to 
give each website what's called a crawl budget. And depending on how much authority you have is how much time they'll spend on your website. So they'll say, okay, we'll come back to Whitney's website three times a week and we'll spend X amount of CPU cycles. And at different times, it'll go to different pages. And so the easier it can navigate through your sites, the more pages it'll see. The easier it can scan that content, the more it'll index. Like if you've got crappy pages that don't need to be indexed, then you're eating up Google's crawl budget. And so it won't spend more time on your important pages. If you haven't set a description, Google now needs to go and pull that description out of the text and you're wasting the crawl budget. So if you're helping Google out, it can spend more time analyzing your website and ranking you for a whole bunch of new extra things. So it does have a benefit. Wow. Okay. So I wanted to go back a little bit to, you said a couple steps there, but I know the first one was do keyword research. Before we build a website, we need to do keyword research and then really structure our website around some of that. What's the next step? What else do we need to be thinking about? Yeah. So once you've got your, your keyword research, which is way too complicated to go on a short podcast like this, you kind of have to have an idea of what your customers are going to be searching for and just type stuff into Google. And that's a kind of cheat way to do it. If you're a local area, like if you, say if you're a plumber in New York, you know, you could Google plumber in LA and find the number one result. And they probably got a pretty good website and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You're just looking for the same sort of keywords in a different location. So once you know what pages that you need, your category pages and your blog pages, then put together a content plan and start writing that content. It should be keyword targeted. You want to have one primary keyword. So that's your main money page. So let's say if that was like plumber New York and then three secondary keywords. And so the other ones might be like emergency plumber, downtown New York or some area. And so the primary keyword always goes into the title tag and the secondary keywords go into the description. And that's what gets shown in the Google search results when you appear in the, in the Google search results. You know, it needs to really express exactly what that person's been searching for and invoke them to click on it. And then when you're actually writing the content, so you've got a header, your primary keyword again goes in the H1 tag, the header, and the secondary keywords go in the H2 tag. And again, in the, in the content. You don't want to be writing content for a robot. Google's smart and they want to see good quality content. And at the end of the day, it's got to convert to some, something so it should really resonate with your readers as well. Okay. So do keyword research. I love how you laid out there. It's just some simple ways for us to think about what are our customers searching for, but go to a competitor, even in another market, see who ranks top couple websites. And they're probably spending some money on this, right? And we're going to help us to get a little further down the road. If it's a valuable keyword, then if there's people advertising for it, then whoever's the number one results probably spending some money on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So then develop a content plan and uh, think about the, the primary keywords, secondary, and you know what we have in the header and the, in the body and the content. What about after that? What's next? What do we need to be thinking about? One thing that you really need is backlinks. So backlinks are a link from one website to another, and they're the fundamentals of how Google works. Older listeners, they probably remember back in the 90s, there was all sorts of search engines, you know, Excite, Yahoo, AltaVista, Ask Jeeves, and they were all rubbish. They organize search results based on text. So if you wrote Plumber New York the most times on your website, you'd be number one for Plumber New York. Larry Page, the co-founder of Google, he was at university at the time and went, that is ridiculous. And so he invented what's called the PageRank algorithm, which is basically have a bunch of seed websites, which are trusted sites like government websites and university websites. And then the further you are away from those, the kind of less trusted you are. So if you have links from really big, powerful authority sites, you get more trust. It's obviously been 20 odd years since Google's been around and that's evolved substantially. And now, sure, the more powerful a website linking to you, that's great. 
but it's also the more niche relevant you are. So like if you're a plumber in New York and you have other service-based businesses, you know, an architect or an electrician or a landscaper linked to you, then that's fantastic, especially if they're in the, the same local area because, you know, who knows more about that local area than those local home service providers. So that's a really good backlink. But same with like if you're a plumber and you get a backlink from another plumber on the other side of the country, then that's a really good relevant backlink too. If the New York Times writes about you and links, links to you, then that's, that's probably going to supersede those. <laughs> so, you know, I know a lot of our listeners have podcasts where they have blogs, things like that, you know, that they're trying to put content on, the, on their website. And a lot of their mission behind that is probably to have a lot more content, you know, and more for SEO purposes, you know, on their website uh, and to provide education, obviously, to investors and other people in the industry. So when they are writing blogs or they're creating the podcast content or titles, what are some things we should be thinking about when we're adding that stuff to our websites? I speak on podcasts quite a bit. And one thing that we often do with podcast hosts is to help them out by doing a single page optimization for the episode that I was on. And depending on the authority of their website, depends on what keywords we'll target. So generally going for some sort of SEO type keyword is really competitive. And generally people searching for SEO are looking to learn about SEO. They aren't particularly looking to hire an agency. So they're not that useful for us anyway. Generally, people are looking for you know, how to grow my business, how to get more customers, how to get more out of my website. And they're the sort of keywords that we want to rank for. And so they're the sort of things that I'm generally speaking about on a podcast. So that's what we'll name the podcast episode, you know, how to get more out of your website and do a specific keyword for that episode. Even if it just has a couple hundred searches a month, we know we can rank for it. We set the title tags, description for them, adjust the content, get a few keywords in there, and boom, it'll rank. And it's like, they then get a couple hundred visitors a month, every month, forever. You know, and it's like 300 visitors a month might sound like a lot, but when you times that by five years, it's like, it's a pretty good investment, yeah? Times it by five years, yeah, even a year, it would be better than probably what a lot of us have now. You know, in adding that content, what are, I guess it goes really goes back to doing that keyword research, doesn't it? And thinking about those keywords, kind of keeping those in mind as we're creating titles and as we're writing blog posts. Is that accurate? hundred percent. But remember, like, think about what people are searching for. Like, what do they want? We don't particularly go for SEO type keywords. We go how to grow your business, how to get more customers, because that's what people want. And we're the solution to that problem. That's some really good marketing is, you know, number one is like talk about the problem. Number two, show how you're the solution to that problem. And then three, talk about you know, life afterwards. So generally people are searching for the problem. So also you can just search that yourself and see what, what comes up in the search results. If they're massive authority sites and you're not a massive authority site, it can be really hard to beat. An easy example, one of our customers is a luxury hotel in Sydney. And so their main keyword is Hotel Sydney. But you're up against Agoda and Booking.com and Hotel.com, which is like the biggest websites on the planet. So really tough. So what we did is build a content plan about best beaches in Sydney, best walks in Sydney, best bars in Sydney. All things that someone that's going on a holiday to Sydney is going to be searching for. And they're pretty easy to rank for. Another thing that you can look at with the URL is if it's a homepage that is ranking, so just the domain name, or if it's an internal page on the website. So generally, the longer the URL, whatever your main keyword, how to get more customers, look at the top 10. And if they're all internal pages, it's much easier to rank for that than if they were all the homepages. So generally like, yeah, because the homepages have a lot more authority. So often when we're working in 
the health niche, you're up against like sites like WebMD and they look really scary because they have massive domain authority and huge traffic volume, but they rank in every little niche because they have such big domain authority. Like one of our customers that specializes in Whiplash, WebMD has a whole section on Whiplash, but it's not very well optimized. And the whole category of that section is pretty rubbish. So it's only ranking so well because they have that much domain authority. So we can take them down. So look to see the length of your URL and then the longer it is, the probably the easier it is to beat your competition. Wow. Okay, Chris. Wow. What are just a couple of ways that other people just really mess this up? You know, I mean, I know some people spend so much money, so much time for years building content and we just mess it up, right? I and mean, is it just not doing keyword research? Is it just not, you know, having the content plan? Maybe some ways that we haven't thought about that maybe we could even improve quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's certainly one part of it. Building up your authority. If you don't have backlinks, it's really hard to rank a website. Just talking about WebMD, right? They're able to rank internal pages because their domain authority is massive. Like if you keep building a gazillion links to your homepage, any blog post you rank right is going to rank. You, know, you can think about it like if you keep pumping out content and no one's linking to your content, Google starts thinking like, why the hell do I want to rank this? Because no one cares about it. You know, if you, can, if you can get good content out there that, that people are going to write for, you know, one really great way to do that is with statistics. If you can add statistics about your industry and your niche that people will reference, it gets awesome amount of organic backlinks. Like we have this article on our website about how many people use Google each day, how many Google searches there are. And we wrote it years ago and it gets backlinks every single day because people will be writing a news article and they'll go, oh, how many people use Google every day? And they look at our statistics and they write a citation from these guys. So that page doesn't bring us any customers but it brings us a heck of a lot of backlinks. So if you do the same, you know, how many people invest in real estate in my area? This is the statistics on what their returns are and things like that. Something that a news agency can quote and link to, then that's a great way to get links. Wow, that's some great information right there, especially as we're thinking about what we're writing and blogs. Just a few more questions though, Chris, before we have to go. What's a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Certainly, I look at my own messaging quite a lot. I read a heck of a lot about uh, messaging and big fan of Don Miller from StoryBrand and trying to, you know, I've just finished reading his book for the fourth time uh, and try, try and implement what he says to be concise and clear. I had, had two people mention my messaging Friday, so I was pretty happy with that result. Really, Which yeah, book was that? It's called StoryBrand. Oh, it's called StoryBrand, yes. Yeah, by Don Miller. Yeah, fabulous, fabulous book. Continually looking at your own marketing. People, I, I myself procrastinate when I'm writing content for our site. Because you kind of think like it's set in stone and you have to write this thing and it's got to be a masterpiece and it's going out there to the world and it's scary because people will judge you. And it's like, well, just get it out there and done is better than perfect and not done. And you can work on it later, like building a good sales funnel. So really all of your web, well, certainly on our website and I'd say most real estate investors is each page is designed to generate traffic and then push them into a sales funnel, bringing them in on some article, you know, how to learn about real estate investing. And then, you know, download our guide about the five ways to buy a house or whatever it is. And then you start building your authority through that. And so like getting a sales funnel like that done is never complete. It's constantly just monitoring it and seeing you know, where the conversions are lacking and what you can do. So what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? 
really get a lot of benefit out of networking with people. I read a book called Never Eat Alone by Sutton Farazi. And, you know, he really, he was the chief marketing officer of Deloitte. And, you know, he talks about just how important networks are. And, yeah, I've really found that a lot. Like if you go out and help people and don't really expect anything in return, they, they help you too, you know, and it's, they can introduce you to different people and it makes life a heck of a lot more fun. That is a great book, by the way. I read it a long time ago and I still remember it. I need to pull it back out. So, you know, how do you like to give back, Chris? Well, we work with a lot of nonprofits. One of them is Food for Life Global. They're a food relief charity. So, I mean, I take a lot of pride in helping companies like that do what they do and we manage their Google grant for them. So, Google is pretty cool where they give uh, anyone that's a 501c3, you can apply for up to $10,000 a month of free AdWords credit. Wow. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Managing $10,000 AdWords spend is quite challenging. And you need to adhere to the right conversion rates or otherwise Google will turn off your grant because they want to make sure that you're using the, the money correctly. And so, yeah, we, we manage that for a bunch of charities and find that's the best way we can use our skills, yeah? Nice. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. You can help so many other people in this in the process. Uh, Chris, pleasure having you on the show. You know, your skills are so important to what, you know, to everybody that's marketing online, right? And so we're grateful just for you sharing your expertise with us and tell the listeners though how they can get in touch with you and and learn more about you and how you can help them. Yeah, super. So as a thank you for you having me on your show and for all your listeners out there. If you go to our website, ardorseo.com, that's A-R-D-O-R-S-E-O.com slash Whitney, you can sign up there for a video review where I will personally go and look at your market, look at your keywords, look at your website and show you a bunch of things that you can fix yourself. I'll show you like, you know, how to change your title tags, how to change your descriptions, how to change your messaging to get your website in front of more people and grow your business. And I'll do it for the crazy price of seven bucks. Chris is great at this, guys. I hope you all will take him up on that offer. It's so much value for seven bucks, no doubt about it. So you can go to the show notes and and check that website out. We'll have that link in there for sure so you can find it easily. Awesome, Chris. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.